Hi, and welcome to episode 129 of the LDS Study Session with me, your host, Matthew Roberts. We're going to continue with our Come Follow Me study for this week. Uh, we're looking, of course, in September 30th to October 13th, which is found in Ephesians for the perfecting of the saints. And today we are going to be looking at the next uh, section in the individual uh, study, uh, which is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21, through to chapter 6, verse 4. I can strengthen my family relationships. Now, within these uh, these verses, it is uh, it brings up Ephesians 5.22, which is uh, well known for being a bit uh, unsettling, perhaps, uh, in today's uh, world. In verse 22, we read this. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now, we're just going to read the section from Come, Follow Me, which deals with this. It says, uh, it is important to note that Paul's words in Ephesians 5.22 were written in the context of the social customs of his era. Prophets and apostles today teach that men, are women are not sorry, that men are not superior to women and that spouses should be equal partners. Um, but then it does go on to say that verses 23 to 33 uh, are important. Uh, now, I'll come on to verse 23 in a minute because at first I thought, oh, well, um, like that could, that could still have questions today. Uh, but I'll, have a, I'll share with you something which I found, which I, th I thought really explained it greatly. Um, now, it, it, was, it was mentioned in the Interpreter uh, podcast that even though some of these verses may seem um, old-fashioned, perhaps, or outdated in their views in regards to the relationship between husbands and wives today, um, it is interesting because it does seem out of place, verse 22. You kind of have verse 21 just before it, which says, submitting yourselves unto one, one another in the fear of God. So here, it's suggesting that husbands and wives should submit themselves together to each other. And then it goes into the wives submitting themselves to their husbands. Um, and then when you go on to verse 25, it talks about them, the husbands loving their wives uh, just as much as Christ gave himself for the church. So actually, uh, whilst it doesn't say here, husbands, submit yourselves to, the, to your wives, it is basically saying, husbands, you know how Christ, you know, basically died for the church. You need to be willing to do that for your wives. Uh, so I think that whilst, you know, the, the straight, direct words of being submissive or putting yourselves, you know, under the kind of, uh, what's the word, basically giving yourself up for that person, forgetting yourself and then just focusing on the, the wants and desires and needs of that individual, uh, yeah, the, the husband should do that for the wife as much as the wife should do that for the husband. So it is interesting that in Paul's writing, he gives all of these, you know, very equality-based, you know, husbands should give themselves up for the wives, wives should, should give themselves to the husband. It is interesting that in verse 22 is, he says that. And of course, we don't know the context. There is obviously the social customs of the era, uh, but I do think that obviously with the epistles, we only see a one-sided communication. There may well have been reports or issues or struggles with the gospel in the area uh, related specifically to wives and the way that they were not giving themselves to their husbands 
And so perhaps Paul had to be a bit stronger in his language uh, to, the, to the sisters of the church in that area. We just don't know. As we mentioned uh, yesterday, you know, in this dispensation, they, he was responding to news and he was probably uh, having to res respond directly to that. We just don't know what was going on at that time in, in the, with the Ephesians. So or many reasons why that verse may have been said. And I'm not trying to, you know, give uh, excuses for Paul uh, because, you know, he was, a, he was an apostle. He was guided by the Lord and that's what he wrote. Uh, but I will say this. So in my studying for this, I found a couple of quotes. Uh, the first one I'll read to you, which was pretty standard and uh, pretty much represented many of the different uh, thoughts from modern-day prophets and apostles that I found. Uh, Elder Harold B. Lee said this, quote, This profound admonition was preceded by pertinent instructions that impress the very present needs of today. There must be the love of a husband for his wife, and the love of a wife for her husband, and children must be obedient to parents. The Apostle Paul drew a parallel between the reverence for and love of parents and children in the home to the love of the master for his church, and then concluded with these words, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Close quote. And I think that Elder Lee's comments really sum up the whole of the section that the Come Follow Me covers. Husbands should love their wives as much as Christ loves his church. Wives should love their husbands and children must listen to and obey their parents. But also in verse 4, and I think that this is a very important verse, uh, in chapter 6, uh, it says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I, I had a link there to uh, Enos, chapter 1, verse 1, where we learn of Enos being changed initially from what his father had taught him. Uh, so parents should also teach and love their children. So these are reasons, and I think that the Come Follow Me uh, schedule that we have now, the focus on home-centred, church-supported learning, is making me, certainly, as a father, um, and I know my wife as a mother, thinking about my relationship with my children. How can I... Because there are, there are times where I'm, I am weak and I just lose it. And I'm not saying that I you know do anything that I shouldn't be doing with my kids, but... You know, I just do get angry sometimes and just say, do you know what, you know, that's enough. And and rebuke, I should, maybe it's a good word that, rebuke my children uh, in a way which maybe afterwards I think, oh, do you know what, I wish I'd just stayed a bit calmer with that and just tried to be a bit kinder and more nurturing with that. Uh, speaking of which, this then leads me nicely on to the last thing I wanted to, to, to consider with this section, uh, which is... Going back a bit in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. Now, as I said, uh, the Come Follow Me manual specifically states that there is things to learn from in these verses, including verse 23. And it says this, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the saviour of the body. Now, again, in today's world, some would look at that and go, well, again, how patriarchal, how outdated, you know, there we are, the, the man should be the head of the woman, you know, and just as the Christ is the head of the church, and if people respect and reverence Christ as the head of the church, and they're, they're drawing a parallel between that and the husband in the home over the wife, you know, that is very outdated and so on. Um, and when you look at, you know, general authority quotes and 
uh, kind of narr narratives about the, this verse. Again, we have over and over again uh, links to the family proclamation. The husband should lead the home in the, be the spiritual head. Uh, the husband is the one that presides, and so on and so on and so on. So I'm not going to share any of those quotes because we know those, and we know from the family proclamation how that works. And there is relevance to this in the fact that the husband does hold the authority of the priesthood. However, we know very as recently, uh, and it has been spoken about a lot, that the woman, that the wife, has a role in the priesthood, particularly in the power of the priesthood in the home, and that the husband and wife need to work in equal partnership with this. Uh, but of course, you know, some people go back to that and say, well, why can't the woman go out and earn and the husband be at home and nurture? You know, why is that not the case? And I do understand there are natural inclinations to this, that the husband goes out and provides and the, and the wife nurtures and brings up in the home. I mean, to, in today's world, it is different anyway. My wife works part time, uh, partly because it supports us with income. Uh, but also because, you know, she enjoys going out one or two days a week and in, in, interacting in that in that matter, in that setting, and feeling that she's providing even more worth and value, just like I should be in the home, nurturing for my children when, when the opportunity arises, being, the, being there to nurture them, supporting my wife in, in responsibilities in the home. I should not just get home, kick back and say, right, my, my job's done. You know, I, I do take part quite fully with that. But there was one quote which I found, which absolutely I loved. And I just thought, do you know what? That is what it's trying to say. Uh, I'll read it first, and I'll kind of provide my explanation for it. Uh, you know, it's by a, a general authority that I don't know. Uh, I've never heard of. It's by Albert William J. Critchlow, Jr. in the 60s. And the fact that he said this in the 60s, you know, made me think, whoa, that's great, because a lot of the... Uh, more stronger husband is the head of the wife quotes came from around that era era and before but he said this quote did women by their own free choice choose to be the family heart rather than the family head scripturally the husband is the head of the wife and he is the family priest and spokesman did god however in his infinite wisdom purposely make mother the family heart blessing her with subtle power to sway the head there is a center in every home from which all joys must start. Where is that centre? It is in the mother's heart. God, choosing woman to be his partner in the creative process, tucked away somewhere in her bosom a spark of his divine love, which later, at the time of motherhood, grows to brilliance, brilliancy in every mother's heart. Close quote. I loved this. I thought, that is it. That is what. That is the kind of explanation that I need to be settled with and move forward with that scripture. We have just had chapter after chapter after chapter of Paul stating every part of the body of Christ is valued and important and needed. We've had the hands, the feet, the eyes, the ears. We've had all these discussions already in the past few weeks in these epistles that he's given. Paul is now saying that the, that the husband is the head of the family. But what we need is to understand that the, that the wife can be likened to the heart. Uh, and the heart, well, I mean, whilst the head may be vital for a living body to, to happen, the heart is also vital for, a, vital for a living body to happen. And I would say that each have great as equal importance in the body as they do for each other. Without the head, we don't have the brain and the ability, the capacity to 
reason, think and live. Without the heart, we don't have the capacity to, to live and to be able to do anything. And so I loved that. And I thought that that kind of brings the line quite nicely under this, that, that husbands and wives have this equal partnership. And whilst they may have natural roles that they are naturally intended towards, it does not mean that either is above the other. They are both equal in this. <coughs> and that they can rear their children in love and righteousness and their children need to also take part in this and also be equally loving and and supportive with their parents thank you very much uh, for this uh, for listening to this if there's anything you've been studying please share it at matt s roberts 90 on twitter or email at lesstudysession at gmail.com thank you for your time and until we meet again